We are on. We are live on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. We're about to go on and live on YouTube. And they're uploading the thumbnail. That's what they're doing. The thumbnail has been uploaded. So now we are uh, live on YouTube. Uh, we're going live on YouTube. And we are finally, finally going live on a Facebook Live. And now I can officially say good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, moms and dads, children of all persuasions, and welcome to Living on a Thin Line with me, Tony Visick. This is your daily reprieve from all the uh, anxiety, craziness, hoopla, uh, and anger going on in the world today. A daily diversion where we talk about primarily silly things in a silly way. Yesterday, I started out the show being uh, a wee bit serious, and um, uh, I did upset one entire person. Uh, it was not my intention to upset one entire person, but uh, it, it happened. So uh, I did uh, what we all do nowadays when we have someone who's upset with us on Facebook. Uh, I blocked them, and I hope that uh, uh, I, I wish them no ill will. So anyway, uh, anyway, today, ladies and gentlemen, is I believe it's Thursday. Tell me if I'm wrong. I believe it's Thursday. Thursday in June, first Thursday in June 2020. Uh, we're going to have a good time this afternoon. Anybody who's watched the show before knows what the show is built on. It is built on, uh, it's built on, um, let's see, Jim Perry says he's upset about my hat. Duh, Bears. I don't know if I got a Chicago Bears hat, Jim. Um, I have a, I, I'm a man of many hats. And uh, I thought it might be fun to just uh, start wearing uh, different ones every once in a while. To kind of shake things up a little bit. Uh, I believe I got this hat while I was in San Francisco on vacation with my daughter many moons ago. So um, anyway, here we are. Uh, there, we're already doing some of what we're talking about, which is uh, phase one of the show is interaction with you. You can post questions and comments right here on Facebook Live, on YouTube, or on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. But I wouldn't suggest ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com today because um, uh, it's being ran remotely. Usually uh, Shirley's right here working with it, but we got some stuff going on in the house where she has to be there uh, for that purpose. I see Kevin Brown puts up uh, 49ers in a big heart for love. So um, this is why uh, uh, this this is this is what makes a ball game, man. This is what makes a ball game. So uh, Jim Perry doesn't like the hat. Kevin Brown loves the hat. I bought the hat while I was on vacation because I thought it had a cool look to it. Uh, you know, I'm a Clippers fan, and that's why I wear a Clippers hat somewhere. And people are like, Clippers? And I go, it's a hat, okay? I didn't wear it to engage in a conversation. I like the way it fits my head. I'm very particular. Like, this hat doesn't really fit my head properly. The brim, to me, is just a little, and I've tried to bend it down just a little too wide, okay? Very particular about how a hat fits my head. Personally, I don't think I look good in a hat, but the important thing is I don't put a big premium on looking good anymore as long as, uh, uh, as, long as I'm upright. So, uh, I mean, I know I'm pretty. But that's not the issue here. The issue is I'm not uh, interested in, uh, uh, I never had movie star matinee idol looks, but I'm even attempted that. But I never used to think I looked good in a hat. I also never wore glasses. Now I wear glasses and I wear a hat and, uh, and I'm fine with it. But I'm still particular about how the hat fits on my head. The brim has to be a certain width. It has to fit down over my head a certain way. And if it doesn't do that, 
that doesn't work for me. This hat really doesn't work for me, but uh, I want to start mixing up the hats. Uh, Jim Perry says you have a pretty mouth. So, um, you know, by the way, on YouTube, uh, there's a question, and the question is, uh, is this uh, show safe for kids? I think that we now know the answer. <laughs> Jim Perry, very funny guy, as in Kevin Brown, as is David Van Winkle and Randy Ioma. Uh, Mark Cordes popped in to say hi. Shale Brenner, I'm just mentioning some of the very funny comics that uh, have uh, jumped on here right now. Uh, Let's see. Uh, oh, wow. Finus Henderson, who is uh, one of the funniest guys I ever saw at the comedy store, is there. Randy Armas says, go Seahawks. Kim Brown says, ha-ha. And pretty mouth. Too far. Left my ass off. Uh, Tina Mike Lawson says, you look good from far away. Yeah, but here on the phone, I'm close up. Here on the phone, I'm close up, you guys. So what does that tell you? So um, I have a huge hat collection. I just collect useless stuff, I guess. Buttons and pins and hats, and I don't think about it much. You're you're at some event and you get something and you put it in your pocket or you put it in your head and you take home, take it home, and then you leave it laying around. So, but I bought this hat not at a Niners game, not at a football game, but while on vacation in San Francisco with my daughter when she was about ten years old, so about twenty years ago. And I only wear them long enough till I get tired of them. So uh, I'm kind of uh, uh, I got, I got tired of this one. It got a little dirty. That's what happened. I went. I need a clean hat. And I don't like washing hats because I think then they end up looking messed up. So it's a quandary. It's a hat quandary, ladies and gentlemen, that we're in right now. Okay? They got to look exactly right on my head. When they get dirty, I don't want to wear them. And then I don't want to wash them because I think it messes up the whole shape of the hat. And then they really look bad. So I don't know what a boy's to do when it comes to hats. But I've got hundreds of them. Some in boxes. Some just laying all over this house like some sort of weirdness. Uh, so, uh... <laughs> so I'm going to wear different ones every day. That's what I'm going to do. Just to keep the show uh, uh, just to keep the show light and fun and interesting and visually entertaining for you, the viewer, and for you, the listener on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com to try to describe it in a way that paints a picture. So you see the hat on my head. It's a black and red 49ers hat. It says 49ers with uh, the num numbers. The num numbers. <laughs> the numbers. Four and nine and then the rest spelled out. 49ers, 49ers. Um, let's see. Uh, hello, Kabari. Uh, Kevin Brown says, in other words, you're good from far and far from good looking. Uh, this is, uh, uh, you know what? We're having a roast. We're having a roast to Tony Visick here today. And that, you know what? That's fine with me. Okay? Because that makes it every, usually every August. And I'm hoping we can do it this year. Again, uh, right around the time of my birthday. And this will be a big one for me. 65. Um, we do a roast at the Tempe Center for the Arts. Now, I don't know if we'll be able to be at the Tempe Center for the Arts this year, but if not, maybe we'll find some other venue. Uh, if we can't find some other venue, we'll do it on Zoom. We do a roast every year, and this is starting to look like a warm-up, a warm-up for the uh, roast of Tony Visick that'll take place in August. That's a show for you to look forward to. It's a little down the road. Uh, but I got a show this Sunday that's not far down the road. I've got uh, um, Tony Visick presents Sunday Night's Funnier. All right, uh, from Zoom to your living room, uh, you can get tickets at ComedySchools.com and, and, uh, Josh Graves, is there a George Soros funded radio show? Yes, yes, George Soros is, is paying me, that's why I've got all the expensive hats. When you buy a ticket for this Sunday show, uh, and watch Paul Green, a very funny guy, along with Travis Minor, DJ Payne, and, uh, Abhinav Goyle, 
uh, for only 10 bucks, you'll have three things going on. A, you'll be entertained. B, you'll be helping support the comics because we pay them. And C, uh, we donate to local food pantries here in my area. So you're doing three things for 10 bucks. It's been a long time since you've been able to do three things for 10 bucks. And the last time you could do three things for 10 bucks, at least two of them weren't legal. Okay. All right. Kim Brown says, uh, the roast is that hat. It's on fire. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> oh, we're having a good, we're having a good time today. Oh, and by the way, uh, if you want to do something free, and free is what we all love. Free is all we lo- what we all love. Uh, this coming Tuesday, Tuesday it is. And a lot of you have already been involved with me for a while, uh, either to your benefit or not. Uh, but uh, if you know someone who you think might benefit, I'm doing a free intro to my stand-up comedy workshops. It's coming Tuesday, June 9th, 2026 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Go to ComedySchools.com to get Zoom codes and register. So I thought I would uh, let you know about all of that. Uh, the other two things that we build, the um, I should say four things because I do plug the stuff we're doing. I do plug the stuff we're doing. Um, the other thing that we do is we show you a, a piece of uh, a memorabilia or a knickknack or an autograph that I have laying around the house. We've been doing that now. Uh, I get, I think we're pushing 80 days now, 80 days that we've been doing a show. We missed one day, one day, one Sunday afternoon. And uh, we're just going through all this stuff in here. I thought I would bring this in cause this is kind of cool. Uh, everyone's going to show you books. And anyway, it's got a cool cover. Look at that. Even though on Facebook it's showing it backwards. There you go, YouTubers. Look at that. So what is this? What is this, you may ask? This is the complete annotated Grateful Dead lyrics. Annotated by David Dodd and forwarded by Robert Hunter. So this is a book with the lyrics to every song the Grateful Dead ever wrote, uh, wrote and sang. This is a book with the lyrics. The, the Grateful Dead are one of the most... Uh, documented bands in history one of the most documented bands in history uh this book is no surprise to anyone who uh is a dead fan that there would be something like this out uh this book in this book are insights to the songs we have lived and loved all these years it's a real treat for me uh that's what mickey hart said matter of fact on the back all the um all the uh, uh accolades are from members of the band so um, they're one of the, so this has every lyric. So we all know that if you like certain songs, you don't know the lyrics, right? Y'all remember the movie Bull Durham, where uh, Tim Robbins is singing uh, uh, singing the lyrics. I think uh, I forget which song it was. It might have been Willie Bully. If someone knows, please let me know. Singing it wrong, and finally um, uh, uh, Kevin Costner gets pissed. He goes, "Those aren't even the lyrics. You're singing it wrong." Most of us don't know the lyrics to our own favorite songs. Matter of fact, I put up a piece I wrote uh, the other day on Facebook Live about uh, the time I, uh, uh, one of the times, because I met, I, I met and talked with him about two or three times, but briefly, Warren Zevon and asked him about the lyrics to one of his songs. Tomorrow, I'll tell you what song it was I asked him about. Uh, I forgot because I was still like in shock that I was talking to Warren Zevon because I so admired his music for years before I ever met him. Um... I'll put up, uh, I'll tell you tomorrow about which song it was and what the actual lyrics are because I'll be able to find out. But before there was an internet where you could find everything in the universe, there was this book, Grateful Dead, complete annotated Grateful Dead lyrics, which uh, when you read them made it so that you enjoyed the music even more. So you all have songs you love that you sing one or two 
It is sometimes you're driving in a car by yourself and you're like, uh, lost without your love. How could I have ever? La, 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 la. How many of your favorite songs, when you're singing them to yourself, do you begin to la, 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 la by the second line? So uh, this book kind of gave insights. It was kind of cool. Uh, the Grateful Dead, you can find lists of every shows they've ever done, who was on those shows, uh, the number of people. For some reason, The Grateful Dead, as far as uh, direct media, were so far ahead of everybody else. On their first album in 1967, uh, on their first album in 1967, on the back, it said, Deadheads Unite, send us a postcard, etc. And they put the address of the house where they live, not realizing they would get, be getting thousands upon thousands of letters and phone calls. But they were the first ones to do direct marketing. They were the first ones to allow uh, people to tape their shows for free, tape their shows for free at their concerts and trade the uh, recordings among one another. They were the first ones to do that. They used to play free shows in Golden Gate Park. And all of these added to a uh, now 50-plus career of that particular tribe making music uh, without ever being a major, uh, major uh, album sellers. They had one hit. They had one hit. Tina Michael says, I'm la 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 from the start. Yeah, me too. <laughs> there's, a 50, there's a 1950s song that goes, la 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 la, I love you. Whoever wrote that knew what the hell they were doing. Um, what was I? Uh, I was just uh, trying to finish up on the dead. And uh, it's fun to have that book. It's fun to be able to delve into something like that with one of your favorite artists. 50 plus years, they had one hit as far as defining a hit in the top uh, 40 or whatever. And that was late, late in the uh, career of the uh, original Grateful Dead. And that was Touch of Grey. Touch of Grey was the only thing that ever uh, charted, that ever charted. Yet for years, they, been, they were uh, in the top five, top 10, sometimes number one touring acts in America sometimes up to 100,000 people in stadiums on the East Coast. And now Dead & Company, uh, all the way up until uh, Corona time, uh, was once again reaching the level of stadiums without some of the major players in the original band. So I love having this book because uh, there's songs I've known by the Dead for years that I didn't quite get the lyrics, and I can now grab this book when I'm listening and get them exactly. So that's one little piece of memorabilia that I have there to show you. That's what I'm showing you today. Now, let's get to... Let's get to some actual uh, music that I'm going to uh, recommend to you. And remember, here's the idea. Okay, when I recommend it to you and the show's done, all you got to do is go to YouTube and listen to the song. And then I'd love to get your take, the song or the artist. I'd love to get your take on, um, uh, on the song or artist. Uh, Tim Lawson says, just sing about three words behind. That's smart. That's very smart. Okay, sing on the backbeat. I like that. Very jazzy. Very Billie Holiday of you, Tim. Smart. Uh, I've recommended so many records now that I'm working them from uh, where they were arranged. And that, <coughs> excuse me, the ones that I've already uh, recommended, I've got sitting on the floor. And they're almost getting up to hip high. That's how many there are. I got a little tickle in my throat. Gonna take care of that. <clears throat> there. There. All right. Here. Here are the two things I'm going to recommend today. The first one's kind of obscure, so I'll start with the obscure one first. And uh, a lot of people I know really loved uh, all the Southern rock that took place between, say, 1973. Some people say the Allman Brothers were the very first Southern rock band. 
but they were much more of a blues-based band, but they came out of the Deep South, you know, uh, uh, working out of Muscle Shoals, you know, that whole Florida-Southern Georgia connection in so much of uh, uh, 1970s American rock music, pop music. They, you know, they, uh, uh, they, uh, Dwayne Allman was a session guitarist at Muscle Shoals for years. Um, I wouldn't consider them for a Southern rock band because they were a blues-based rock band. And more of a jazzy improvisational thing going on with them, but they influenced what became that scene, uh, following them directly. And that would be with Leonard Skinner and Marshall Tucker Band and Thirty Eight Special. And this band was one that the South right, had a very brief career, but one great tune, but with a great title, with a great name of the band. And here it is. And I know you can't read that, so I'm going to read it for you. All right, you can't read it if you can see it straight. But that's the album cover. This, ladies and gentlemen, is Wet Willie, Left Coast Live. Wet Willie, Left Coast Live. Wet Willie was a southern boogie band that decided to uh, record their live album at the Whiskey. And that's what they did. I'm trying to see here if it has exactly uh, when they did it. Uh, Here's the album liner notes. Wet Willie is youthful exuberance. Their unique brand of joyous vaulting energy has always been most evident to those lucky enough to see the band live. Now you can hear this blissful excitement that made us all fans on these recordings from the Roxy. So Southern Boogie Band, okay, recording their live at the Roxy. The Roxy is not a big venue. When Elmer Valentine, a legendary Elmer Valentine who owned the Whiskey and the Roxy and was a partner in the Rainbow, uh, ex-cop from Chicago. Ex-cop from Chicago uh, with uh, many friends, uh, uh, many Italian friends, was the owner of uh, three of the uh, most important uh, venues on the Sunset Strip. Uh, you will hear a music group that feels on, that feels on live performance. You will, f- I'm going to read it. You will hear a musical group that feeds on live performance, that rejoices in being Southern, that revels in rock and roll. Their art is inclusive, not elitist. They make music for everybody. They are the funkiest white, funkiest white boys I ever met. So uh, that was from a guy named Tom Dupree, Jackson, Mississippi, February 1977. So uh, the songs on this particular album by Wet Willie, which was recorded in 1976, kind of at the zenith or peak of the Southern rock movement, were No, 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 Grits Ain't Groceries, uh, which is an old blues tune, uh, everything that you do will come back to you. Another old blues tune, teaser. So not a lot of their own original stuff. And uh, uh, Lucy was in trouble. And then keep on smiling was their big hit. And if you want to YouTube, keep on smiling by Wet Willie. What I want you to pay attention to is the bass line because the bass line drives that song and makes it so cool. It makes it feel so good. It's got that bass line that makes you feel like you're in motion. It makes you feel like you're on a happy highway moving towards something wonderful. So it's a great little tune. Uh, they didn't do much after that. That was kind of it. You know, uh, as Hunter Thompson said about the music business, he said the music business is a dark and nasty trench, okay, where, uh, um, where, the, uh, uh, where the evil prosper and the good die alone in the gutter. But there is a dark side. <laughs> now, I've mangled that quote. But you get the gist. So after, uh, after Wet Willie Live, they didn't do much else. 
I imagine they disbanded not too long after that. Probably got back together in the 90s to play colleges. I don't know. That's what a lot of those bands did. But uh, keep on smiling. Live at the Roxy in 1976. It's a testament in time where Southern boogie rock music had invaded the Sunset Strip and had taken it over for a brief amount of time. And a B-level Southern band recorded their album live at the Roxy. Um, But listen to it and listen to that bass groove and you will fall in love with it. The next album I'm going to um, uh, recommend, the next artist, is someone who's uh, still with us and still viable. Uh, maybe not making hit records now in the last few years, but made hit records for a lot longer than most people do. And it's everybody's favorite heroin addict, James Taylor. So there you go. That's James Taylor. That is his debut album. Look how old that is. I've had this since it came out. Um... That's his debut album right there, okay? And it is entitled, of course, Sweet Baby James. And for those of us who have been around for a while and have followed James Taylor, it's been a long time since he had those pretty boy looks. He looks more now like a, uh, uh, a flinty uh, East Coast college professor at a small arts college who teaches English. He looks like a guy who teaches English at a liberal arts college in a small New England town. That's how he looks now. He looked like a matinee idol. Uh, this was a huge album, big seller. Uh, he was a folk singer. There's a band with him on this. Um, the band is pretty cool. The band that played with him on Sweet Baby James, the musicians were uh, uh, Danny Cooch. I don't know who that is, but it's a good name. Cooch. Hey, Cooch. Um, let me see. Carol King is on piano. Russ Kunkel on drums, uh, who played on so many things. Randy Meisner on bass. Um, those are the ones you would remember. This was recorded at Sunset Sound, December 1969. I know exactly where that is. It's right across the street from a friend of mine's recording studio where I recently recorded, uh, shot some comics live. Uh, all songs are written and sung uh, by James Taylor, except Oh Susanna, which was written by Stephen Foster. We all know that. Uh, but here's the songs. Sweet Baby James, Lo and Behold, Sunny Sky, Steamroller, Country Road, Oh Susanna, Blossom, Anywhere Like Heaven, Oh Baby, Don't You Lose, Oh oh Baby, Don't You Loose Your Lips on Me, and Sweet for 20G, which is kind of a rocker. But of course, it was Fire and Rain on this album that launched James Taylor's career, okay, and made him a megastar, one of... uh, 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 kind of post the singer-songwriter standing alone as mega superstar era. Uh, he came along right around the time Jim Croce did, singer-songwriter, folk singers who then worked with a band, uh, came along. This album was massive. I got this album. Yes, the original JT. I got this album uh, because I had uh, done uh, something that we all had done at one time and wish we hadn't. I had joined the Columbia Record House. And they just started sending me albums. I don't know if a 15-year-old boy, if I would have ordered uh, Fire and Rain. But I put it on and it became an album that I quickly loved. And it was one of the few albums when I played it on my little little tinny stereo system in my house, uh, in my room, that my dad didn't come storming down the hallway going, down or off, down or off. Uh, there's so many songs in my life now from my early teen years that when I listen to them, the first thing I think are, down or off. By the way, that's new. When you knew you were getting old, wasn't it? When a song that you love came on the radio in the car and it was a little loud and you turned it down. 
Okay. Uh, yeah. And anyway, I used to listen to that album a lot. And later as an adult, my mom would tell me whenever she heard a James Taylor song, it made me think of her, of me sitting in my room listening to the album for hours on end. And it's a sweet memory from uh, an interesting time in my life. James Taylor went on to do, have tons of big hits. Mary Carly Simon. Simon. She even wrote uh, uh, songs about being married to him and being divorced. Uh, he had a terrible heroin problem, a terrible heroin problem, which he battled for years. He seemed like the least likely heroin addict you'd ever come across, but he did, like so many artists. I don't know why so many musicians and, and, and to a certain extent, uh, comics, and musicians and comics can get away with it a little bit more than actors, uh, succumb to uh, uh, opiate addiction at the level that they did. I mean, pre-pharmaceutical companies handing opiates out like candy uh, when you actually had to go out and score. Uh, I think it has something to do with um, it's so many great artists, too. Miles Davis, Jerry Garcia, Keith Richards, James Taylor, you know, comics like Mitch Hedberg. Uh, when you're given that much, okay, you're like a raw nerve all the time. When you're giving as much as some of these artists do, you're like a raw nerve all the time. And sometimes you're just looking for something to calm it down. And if you're already in a drugs and alcohol lifestyle and been in it for a while, uh, eventually, uh, eventually Mr. Brownstone comes knocking. Okay, and so many of them have uh, succumbed to it, succumbed to it. James Taylor is one who uh, dealt with it and is still with us today, and I am so glad of that. And I'm still with you today, and you're still with me today. And uh, always remember that um, as the world gets crazier, we get saner. Not so saying that we're not fun, not so saying we're not funny, not so saying that we're not goofy, not so saying that we're not silly, okay? But as the world gets crazier, we're going to get saner, okay? As the world becomes more unreasonable, we'll become more reasonable. And if you make that your mantra, okay, it's not a matter of getting through anything. It's a matter of positive contributions in the world that's going on right now. I attempt to do it. This shows one of the ways that I attempt to do it. Okay, whether I'm in a good mood or bad, whether I'm full of joy or anxiety, I'm going to do this show every day. Glad you guys tune in. Glad you guys watch. Glad you watch on YouTube. I'm Facebook people. I'm talking to YouTube people right now directly. Hello, YouTube friends. Thank you so much for watching. We appreciate that. Now I'm going to, uh, uh, I'm going to talk to the, the, just the radio people. So ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com people, thank you for listening. Facebook Live friends, thank you for watching. I'm going to be back tomorrow at 2 p.m. with more music and more goofy stuff and uh, maybe possibly a couple of uh, uh, uplifting quotes or something, some news, I don't know. Uh, what I love about this, I get to do whatever I want. Um, and what I found that I want to do is try to be a, a plus, a plus in a sea of, uh, uh, in a sea of, of far too many minuses. Okay. All right, back tomorrow at 2. Hey, remember this Sunday night. There's not a reason in the world for everybody watching right now not to go to ComedySchools.com right now and buy a ticket to this Sunday show at Paul Green. You'll be entertained. You help pay the comics. You're going to help uh, donate to charity. It's only 10 bucks, so please do that. Please do that, okay? All right, and um, they're fun shows. They're fun shows. Uh, also, if you ever thought about doing comedy, free intro next Tuesday. That's all the advertisements See you guys tomorrow. I'm Tony Visick. You've been watching Living on a Thin Line. Bye-bye.